0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. If you're struggling with drugs, alcohol, gambling or food, or concerned about somebody who is... Tune into the Living Free show on 3CR at 1 p.m. every Thursday. I don't know how I got there, but and I couldn't stop it. I had stopped
1: expecting that anybody cared.
0: Never enough. I'm never enough. It's never enough. He's never enough.
2: That was the confusion.
0: Tune into Living Free, stories of recovery from addictive behavior. Thursdays at 1 p.m. on 3CR. Or listen at 3CR on digital radio or podcasts and live streaming on 3cr.org.au. Being able to centre myself and be okay in myself and turn my world around. Living Free. Welcome to the Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio 855kHz on your AM dial. I'm Anne, and with co-hosts Bill and Mitch, I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. We'd like to pay our respects to Elders past and present, and to acknowledge that sovereignty over this land was never ceded. Each week on the Living Free Show, we showcase one of the many programs that assist in recovery from drug, alcohol, gambling, food, and other addictions. Our guests share their recovery stories and highlight that shared experience saves lives. This week I'm joined by Teresa, a member of Al-Anon Family Groups. Al-Anon helps families and friends of alcoholics recover from the effects of living with someone whose drinking is or was a problem. Alcoholism, alcohol abuse or problem drinking affects thousands of families in Australia and worldwide. Welcome Teresa.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you very much for coming in today. Can you just start us off by telling us where you grew up? Um,
1: Yeah, sure. Um, First of all, thanks for having me and um, it's a pleasure to be here today. Um, I grew up in England, in Birmingham and, and then we moved to Australia but we moved backwards and forwards about three times so we were sort of England, Australia, England, Australia so we were a bit all over the place.
0: Did that have an effect on your your feelings of security and stuff at school? yeah, it did
1: a little bit because we were always in and out of school mm-hmm. always um in one house and then in another, mm. so the um it wasn't sort of stable, yeah, as you would say,
0: yeah, yeah, and did you feel like the outsider a lot of the times when you were starting at the new school?
1: yeah, it was, yeah, I was mm. always like very um shy,
0: yeah,
1: um because um. I'm not very good at um, making friends and um, being myself. So, yeah, I did find that really tricky mm-hmm. when I was growing up.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, so what, at what age were you when you finally settled into one of, one of those places? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> I don't even actually know if I actually did settle. Yeah. Um, and when I was growing up, Um, My mum I always used to say to my mum I don't want to go to school I don't want to And my mum would let me stay home
0: Yeah yeah,
1: You know Because of that And because I think she knew that I was never settled
0: Mm. So She wanted to protect you
1: I think so Yeah Probably didn't. She probably made matters worse, but she didn't know. She just tried to do the best she could. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so you had an alcoholic in the family at that point? Yeah,
1: well, um, my granddad was an alcoholic um, and my dad was an alcoholic as well. Um, My mum was a bit of a drinker as well, but not as bad as my dad was. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: Mm. And how did that – what did you notice about that when you were a child?
1: Well, I, we I did notice that, you know, money was short. Was always short because um mum my, my my dad would get paid on the Friday and would be gone by the Monday, so yeah. And then everyone in the house would um like my brothers and sisters would uh, feel it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mhm. So, uh where did you come in the family? What? I was the youngest. Oh, okay.
1: One of five. There was. I've got three brothers and a sister and myself, so, yeah, I was the youngest, so.
0: Were you the only one that got kept back from school if you didn't want to go?
1: Um, yes, everybody yeah. else went, yeah. except for me.
0: Yeah, I've heard that story before, you know, amongst, um, when it's the youngest child, the mother often protects Has, them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so... Um, Do you remember having to cope with that? Did you have coping methods? Was it distressing for you when there was trouble with money or him not bringing home the money and all that?
1: Well, to be honest, when my dad was like, you know, as he was, um, I was so young and um, I do remember my mum and dad having a lot of parties and I was never allowed to go to the parties. I was always upstairs in my room but he was always loud, um, always vocal.
0: Singing? And- Singing, and
1: because <laughs> my mum and dad used to sing at a pub.
0: Oh, they were singers, good yeah. singers. Oh.
1: Yeah, they used to sing at a pub, so they told me that. But, um, yeah, so they did like the wildlife when they were young.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is this in the north of England? Uh, well,
1: well, I was in um in the Midlands.
0: On the middle. Is that where your your family's from, or are they from? Yeah. This, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my dad was from Ireland. Uh huh. So he came down to England and met my mum there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm from Glasgow and um, it's the oh. same story. I grew up with a lot of uh, me shoved and you get the kids off out of this into yeah. the bedroom but you'd then you'd hear the singing and, yeah. the, and in the morning there'd be the ashtrays and the absolutely. bottles. Absolutely, absolutely. The hangover. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, my dad was never good on a Sunday.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. No, always getting sent down to the shop to get a yeah. uh, soft drink and yeah. cigarettes and matches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um what was it like at school for you then, you know, as you got into sort of like high school? Well, at high school I was like
1: um, – we were in Melbourne then. Um, I uh, I was just like – I struggled at school. Um, I wasn't the, the smartest of <laughs> – I wasn't the smartest, and, and I'll be honest. Um, and I struggled, and I struggled with making friends. Mm. And – you know, when I I sometimes remember, like when I was at high school, I used to give these girls everything that I had, just oh, just, yeah. to, just to make friends. Yeah. You know, just to be liked. Yeah. And be seen.
0: Be seen and and be in 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 some way in the group. Yeah.
1: And um, when I look back at it now, I'm thinking, oh gosh, why you know what made me think to do that, you know. But you just wanted to be liked and have some friends.
0: Yeah, you got to survive, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So yep.
1: that's how I um, I remember my high school years.
0: Yeah, yeah. yep, yep. Um, all right, so obviously you would have got out of school as soon as you could then, I imagine.
1: Yeah, well, I think my dad, you know, by the age of 16, 17, I think my dad knew that.
0: Yeah.
1: It wasn't working out for me, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So did you go to work then?
1: Yeah, I worked at um, a supermarket.
0: Is this in Australia now? No,
1: or over there? The, <laughs> no um, when I um, finished school, I um, worked at a supermarket at a local supermarket not far from where we live. So mm. I enjoyed that. Mm. I enjoyed that. And um, it was good to have a bit of money under my belt, you know. And he was like, name. oh, I've got my own money, yeah. you know. So, yeah. yeah, so that was good. Yeah, and yeah. you're
0: not not at school trying to fit in and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, and then uh, did you have any experiences with people who drank at that age? or, or Was your dad's drinking becoming worse or...?
1: Well, when um, it was like when we moved to Australia... When I was a teenager, my mum basically said to him, like, it's me or the drink, something's got to go, yeah. and he quit. Did he? Yeah, he went, he quit, and... um that's never, an ama-
0: that's very unusual story yeah, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well I think my mum had enough.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, and she just said it's me all the drink. Yeah. And he chose my mum.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was huge. Yeah, that is huge.
1: That was huge for mm. the family mm. and um yeah.
0: Yep.
2: It's the last place I'm ever gonna take a breath, but I'm lying here with you instead as I watch
3: the river run. Have fun on
0: Melbourne Cup Day, but without the by saying NUP to the Cup. Join Coalition for the Protection of Racehorses and Ten Fingers on Tuesday, 7th of November for Fashions on the Field at the Flemington Bowls Club from 11am. Live music, DJs, delicious food, lawn bowls, outlandish dress ups, and human races. Let's celebrate animals, not exploit them. Visit nuptothecup.org for tickets. Help us make the first Tuesday of November a party for the animals. Nut to the cup is a 3CR supporter.
1: Get lost
3: in science.
0: in 3CR every week to hear Beth, Chris and Stuart discuss news and issues from the universe that is science. Get informed and learn a bit more about the world around you. Lost
2: in Science can be heard every Thursday at 8.30 in the morning and is repeated the following
0: Tuesday at 6am.
3: Word to the nerd. You can also download a podcast. Go to the website at www.3cr.org.au and get lost in science.
0: This is the Living Free Show on 3CR 855 kilohertz on your AM radio dial and 3CR on digital radio. If you would like to listen to one of our many podcasts, then you can find us on your preferred podcast platform or just Google 3CR Living Free and check out our website. You can also contact us via phone, email or Twitter or now we've got the community radio station app that you can um, download. I'm talking today with Teresa, a member of the Worldwide Fellowship of Al-Anon in which people affected by someone else's drinking share their experience, strength and hope to solve their common problems. So, Teresa, when did you realise that you needed some help? Like, you know, why did you end up in Al-Anon?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, Well, like I was married for over 25 years. And I walked out on my marriage and I didn't think about it, I just did it. And I left everything behind. I know, like I left my kids behind, the house behind, everything. And I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And I just thought, you know, there's, there's got to be something that I can do to make myself better.
0: So, what can you t- do? You mind talking to us a little bit about what the lead up to that walking out was? Because that's a that's a, a desperate sort of a situation, isn't it? To mm, to leave mm. your home like that and your kids and husbands. So, what was going on?
1: Well, um, like with with everything that was going on, you know, we had a house and. Um, We were doing this massive extension and I was just so sick of it. I was just sick of the mess. I was sick of the, you know, what was going on around me. And we were trying to get help. We went to counselling for over two years and nothing was just changing.
0: Were you fighting with each other? Like, you know, we were just so distant. Oh, I was distant rather than full-on uh, aggression. or yeah, yeah, we
1: were just going further and further and further mm. apart. And You know, it was hurting him and it was hurting my mm. children as well. Mm. And I thought to myself, I'm better off going and then they'll get peace. Mm. They'll get the serenity with me not being there. And it was probably the opposite.
0: So how do you understand yourself now looking back at that? Was that depression?
1: Yeah, depression, anxiety. Yeah, it was all of those. But I didn't even know that I had it.
0: No, you didn't have words for it?
1: Didn't have the words for it. I mean, I did go to the doctors and he did say that you've got depression and anxiety. But there was still nothing there that I could fix Mm. you know and with myself I push people away if someone wants to help me I push them away and I don't know why I do that but I do it you know Um, and then I did a lot of um, therapy myself and when I did this therapy for over two years a lot was making sense a lot was coming together into the pieces of this puzzle, and that's when um, it all sort of made more sense to me, and made more sense for me to get some help.
0: So, what sort of what were the pieces of the puzzle? What did you learn through the therapy?
1: Well, through the therapy, um, what I did. This therapist went deep into my childhood. She went to the childhood first, then into my family, then into my siblings, then into my marriage and into my children. And when she went into my family and my siblings, it all made sense, it all pieced together as to why I did what I did. But mm. I didn't even know I was what I was doing.
0: So this, you had a certain role in the family as the youngest child, probably. Mm, yeah. Um, so what sort of things, what sort of effects did that have on you as a person? You know, having that role in, in that family.
1: I mean, like when because I was the youngest, my mum and dad were always very protective of me. Always protective, you know. They, I wasn't allowed to go out as much as my other siblings were. Because my mum and dad no, Teresa's not going. Teresa's staying here. You know, they had that, you know, protectiveness of me. And even today, my dad's not alive anymore. My mum still has it. My brothers and sisters still have it.
0: Still protecting you? All The whole lot of them are all protecting you? Yeah, and to be honest, like,
1: (laughs) I've got one son, no, two who are so protective.
0: Of you too? Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's, it's my youngest, he lives with me part-time and my oldest son, he lives in the UK and he's prote- I, f- I just feel those two are very protective of me. I don't know why I feel that those two are protecting on me, but they are. So yeah, and um, we have a good relationship with each, you know with each other. And um, but the three others, that I mean, they love me to bits, you know. But those two sort of like keep an eye out,
0: yeah, to see what (laughs) mum's up to or what
1: she's doing, which is lovely, yeah, which is lovely, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And did
0: you did that marriage end? Then you didn't go back with their father? No,
1: I we went back three or four times. Yeah, we kept trying, you know, and then we tried having a break for a while, then coming back, having a break for a while, then coming back. And it was just becoming draining, mm. you know. Too much
0: work for not enough reward. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he was, a, you know, he was a wonderful father, you know. I will n- mm. never deny that, you know. And he did try. Mm. He did try. But with um with this disease, you just pu- push people away, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Do, can you put your finger on what it... You don't. You said before you don't know why, so you might not know the answer to this. But mm. did the therapist kind of help you to re, to see why you were pushing people away, um, given that family background that you'd had?
1: Well, she did say that it was like the mould of my mum and dad having that protectiveness, and she. Um, Put it down to that. Yep. yeah, yep, yep, yeah.
0: Did Well, like you felt overprotected. Yeah, I did. Smothered? I did. A bit smothered. I did. I did. Yeah. Oh, so that was a, like, lot. Yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that. Leaving the house was like escaping from the smothering mm. feeling of um, too yeah. much. Yeah. Interaction. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's interesting.
3: Mm. Mm.
0: And so, how how did you get into out? Why why? Um, end up in Al-Anon then after is that after the therapy or during or it
1: was during actually mm. well I had a housemate um he lived with me for about a year and he was from AA and he noticed a bit of codependency mm-hmm. and I asked to actually work with him with him he, yeah <laughs> and I worked with him as well and then he needed a place to stay because his house was um, getting demolished or something and he lived. And where we worked was just around the corner from where we lived. So, And I had a spare room and I went, yeah, why not? So, yeah, so he lived with me and he was from AA. He used to go to meetings and he suggested um, for me to give on a try and I did.
0: Right. So that's I'll just say for the to the audience what codependency is, amongst other things. It's it's if you've got a someone who's addicted to a substance, you've often got someone around them that's a bit addicted to them, <laughs> to to watching them too much, trying to get them to stop taking the substance, worrying about them when they're not there. And the the problem with that is that you end up so obsessed with this other person that you've lost your sense of self.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that's what happened to mm, you? Yep. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about that? Were you were you uh, like worried about him or just concerned or just obsessed with him or what was happening? I
1: don't know. I mean, you know, we got on really really well at work. And when he came and lived with me, he got on we got on really well. He'd always look out for me. You yeah. know, he'd always say Are you okay, all right. And he'd always, you know, if I was having a really bad day, he'd suggest to listen to podcasts or read this book or, you know, he'd always say, if you need to talk, talk. Mm. So he was there... Mm. Um, for me mm. in that sense mm. yeah yeah and which was a godsend at that time yeah you know? so yeah
0: mm-hmm. and so he suggested you go to Al-Anon so you went to your first Al-Anon meeting which meeting was it just out of interest
1: uh that meeting was in Malvern actually oh, okay yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and he used to go there on a Thursday night and he told me that they have Alan on there on a Monday night, right? Right. So I used to go every Monday night at seven thirty, right? <laughs> on the on the knocker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so I, uh, you walk into that meeting. Um, were you walking in there with the awareness that your father had been an alcoholic and stuff, or were you just walking in there thinking I just need some kind of help?
1: I needed help. Mm-hmm. I walked in there thinking this is my last resort. All oh, right. I need help. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, I was desperate. Yeah, to get so, help.
0: Right. So depression still yeah. and anxiety yeah. and Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure, yep. Yeah. And were you dealing with problems with your kids and from the fact that you weren't living at home and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, that that um I still have that um guilt
0: yeah. feeling. Mm.
1: I've had that for such a long time and I made um a lot of amendments to my kids, Mm. you know, Mm. and they were very supportive, Mm -hmm. very supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they quite understand the Alanon program because obviously they haven't experienced it, but um, they know what I'm doing, Mm. Um, but I still don't think that they understand why I'm in it. Mm -hmm. You know mm-hmm. but that's they're very supportive mm-hmm.
0: though yeah. Can you take us back Teresa to your first meeting? What was your impressions of it?
1: Well my first meeting um, I was so nervous driving there and um, I sat in my car for about half an hour beforehand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I saw all these people walking into the meetings and I'm thinking, I'm just going to sit right at the back and not say a word. Yeah, yep. And that's what I did. Um, and
0: how many people were there? About, oh, about
1: 35, 40. Oh,
0: quite a big meeting.
1: Big meetings. Mm. Yeah, it was massive recovery mm-hmm. in that meeting, mm. yeah.
0: And uh, did you, was there something that you took away from it that made you keep coming back to it or...?
1: Well, to be honest, the, when I went to my first meeting, I didn't go back for another two, three weeks. I thought, nah, this this is not for me. What did you not like? I just, you know, I just, I looked around me and I thought, I don't need, um, this is not me. <laughs> I don't need this help, <laughs> you know. And so I didn't go back for two, three weeks and my housemate said, you've got to keep going. No, <laughs> You've got to keep going, you know. And I said, no, I'm not going, I'm not going. And then um, he left me for a while, and then I decided um, just to go back. And then um, I spoke to a couple of people after the meeting, and they, you know, when you're f- when you're new to Al Anon, it's as if the whole room is about you. Mm-hmm. They make it about you because you're new to the program, and um, they they were lovely kind caring compassionate they offered their phone numbers you know it was it was amazing that, amazing so
0: that's what that's what got you on that second yeah. meeting yeah 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 and then you stayed from then on yeah I
1: did yeah then I sort of went around and did other meetings as well Yeah.
0: and did you use any of the phone numbers I did. did I've, I've still got the numbers in my phone. <laughs> yeah,
1: I and then I, and I have used them a couple of times. Yeah. yeah.
0: So what happens on that kind of phone call? Because that's really what the basis of all these twelve step programs is, isn't it? Because Doctor Bob and Bill W. That started AA mm. started it by they realised that they could both stay sober if they rang if they got support from each other at that point. Yeah. When they felt like drinking. So how does that work in Al Anon? What's it like?
1: Um, like, you know, if you're having um a bad day or, you know, your brain's going crazy, overload, they say in the program is to pick the phone up and speak to someone how you're feeling and what's going on. And that's what I did a couple of times. And they were amazing. They would just sit and listen and then they'd change the topic and talk about what's going on with them. <laughs> so you know what they say in al you know, to get yourself well, it's good to help others.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's what happened there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's a relief I suppose to ring someone up and them them just listening and go, Yeah, that's no big deal. Like mm. you know, everyone gets their thoughts racing or everyone has yeah. a bad day or Yeah, it's,
1: yeah. It's and not... that's where sponsorship comes in as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell us about that, Teresa.
1: Well, I met my sponsor at Malvern, actually. Because before the meeting, um, my therapist suggested that, because I was telling her about my meetings, how tricky I was, and then she kept saying, you need a sponsor to get well. And I said, I'm finding it difficult to get one. And she says, well, before the meeting starts, go early, and ask the speaker who's doing the meeting that night to see if anyone would put up their hand for a sponsor. And that's what happened at the end of the meeting and about five people put their hand Mm -hmm. up. But this one sponsor that I have now and I've had her for six years, we spoke to each other a couple of times at meetings. Like, you know, she would look after all the books and stuff and I'd ask her about the books and I'd ask her questions about the, you know, the program and she, she was... She was so kind and so friendly and she put her hand up and I looked at her straight away and I thought, she's the one. She's the one. You just knew. And I knew and I went straight up to her. And that night she gave me her phone number. Um, We arranged um, a phone chat and that phone chat lasted for an hour and a half. She put me into a group of the Malvern group. From on and I'm still in that group.
0: Well, you mean a Facebook group, or yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: like a messenger group.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: And then I speak to her on a weekly basis as well, and yeah. we catch up sometimes for lunch.
0: Yeah. So you're not going to the same meetings anymore? Or? No. no. Yeah. 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 All right. So that sounds very nice. Um, we'll go for a little break again and play a song and. You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast.
3: By surprise, left in a million pieces like a shattered plate. Lost hope, cause the call never came. Cold shot, in shock, blindsided. Hit by a freight train. Every park, every smash guitar With no more songs left
1: us may become a carer at any time in our lives, even temporarily. Carer Gateway is a free support service for anyone who cares for a family member or friend with disability, a medical condition, mental illness or who is frail due to age. If you or someone you know are a carer, call Carer Gateway on 1800 422 737 or visit
0: carergateway.gov.au to get support that is right for you. Carer Gateway is a 3CR supporter. Living Free Show on 3CR Digital Radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. And we're talking with Teresa about recovery from the effects of living with an alcoholic in childhood. Um, so Teresa, where are you now inside your head and in your life?
1: Oh, I'm, in, I'm in the most best place ever. And I can feel emotions coming through now because... Um, I've come such a long way, you know. I've been in the program for six years and um, I've changed. It's like when you're in your head for 59 years and you've got to try and change your whole personality within a certain amount of time,
0: Well, not in a certain amount of time. I'm going to argue with you there. I uh, I was just (laughs) going to say. as long as you like.
1: Well, as long as I'm alive, you know. (laughs) Well, there's that, yeah. yeah. And um, I've just changed so much and my, my relationship with my kids has changed. My relationship with my ex has changed. Like last weekend we had a family dinner and he came over and we were all sitting, chatting, laughing. And five, seven, eight years ago, I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't even do that at all. But now we're in a good place. You know, the kids are all growing up now and we have a really good commu- good communication happening in the family, which is very important to me, you know, mm. because... Um, my boys know how much I love them, and, and they know how much um, I love being around them. So yeah, mm. yeah, and I'm a and I'm a nana now. Wow, so that's a big one. <laughs> it is. So yeah, so that's quite exciting yeah. as well. So life's really good.
0: You've just got the one grandchild so yeah,
1: far. Only um, a few months old. Oh, a girl too.
0: Oh, yeah. How, how, just how old?
1: Well, Lily's—I uh, think she's about twelve weeks now.
0: Oh, just twelve weeks! Yeah, oh, adorable. She's
1: gorgeous. She is gorgeous. Yeah, uh, you no. Know, so. So you're in love. I <laughs> am. I am very much. <laughs>
0: um, and what about your your daily life? Do you find you have to keep practicing, sort of, Alan, on things to to maintain that that f- situation that you're in now? Some so. some
1: days, um, I do like. Each morning, I get up, I do my daily readings. I go for a walk, and I find that helps. I do three meetings a week. I meditate. I do all the things that say that help you in Al Anon, and they do.
0: Yep.
1: You know, and if you're having a rough day, you just. I always say, this shall too will pass.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and mm. it does, it does pass. Mm-hmm. And it's. You just got to be. In that moment of having that rough day and tomorrow is a different day.
0: Yeah, that's a big one to learn, isn't it? Because it's it's, so hard. It's so, um, we tend to kind of have the rough day and then start to panic about having the rough, thinking, oh no, big catastrophe. I'm not as as happy as I thought I was. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: like Wednesday, I had a really, really rough day and I go home and my son goes, what's wrong? What's wrong? Are you okay? And I go, Yeah, I'm fine. But you do say that, don't you?
0: Yeah, but well, yeah, that's not Because you
1: don't want to worry them, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it passed. Mm-hmm. The next day was a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: is it things that work and stuff that can tr- trigger it off? You know, can you just have a difficult client or something and then. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like, I used to work with behaviors. But. I gave that away and then I just thought I need to do what's simple for me. So I gave the behaviours away and I just work what's comfortable for me and that's what I do now.
0: And that's a real, I think that sounds like a real Alan on thing too, you know, like take what you like and leave the yes. rest. And do what's comfortable for you, and Absolutely. don't be all codependent and trying mm. to do what other people think you should do or what other people are doing. Absolutely. So, so you're a support worker, right? And yeah. You, and you don't like dealing with difficult behaviour. No. It's not your thing.
1: No, not at all.
0: So you much prefer to deal with other kinds of support for people. Yeah.
1: I do like. I'm um, with the support. I like the caring. Yes. The nurturing. Mm. And I get a lot out of that mm. myself. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a really important lesson for for everyone in our line. I think is, uh, it's sort of suit yourself a little bit mm, more, mm, absolutely. not worry about other people so mm, much. Mm. Um, okay, so um, so what about is- issues that are really common to people that have been affected by alcoholism? A resentment against other people, worry, depression, and obsession. And you've talked about how some of those have been a uh, issue for you how does Alanon help with those specific things say if you're worrying do you worry a lot or i do that, right so how does Alanon help with worry
1: meetings mm-hmm. i go to meetings mm-hmm. um and sometimes sometimes um i don't even share i just listen mm-hmm. and then that day i've had a worry a worrying day mm. i go to these meetings and i'm thinking oh my god That sounds like me. Mm -hmm. You know, this happened, that happened to me today. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, you can think, oh God, it's not that bad after all. That's right. Everyone, other people have been, yeah, it's not just you in that same situation. Like, there's thousands of people who are in this situation. Yeah. You know,
0: so and and having these typical kind of worrying thoughts or whatever. And you might also hear someone worse off than you. Oh, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I think to myself, like, when I do go to some of the meetings, I think, jeez, I should thank my lucky stars where I am today compared Mm -hmm. to what some others are going through. Mm.
0: And then, of course, you've got the opportunity of helping them too, sharing your experience with them. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And -hmm. and they're so grateful too in the program, you know, and they're so grateful for this program, you know, and... um, a lot of um, there's a lot of newbies that come into the meetings, and you and you can see that they're in pain, you know, and you try and give as much support as you can, mm. and that helps you mm-hmm. helps you to help others. So yeah, yeah. better than
0: focusing on your own mm. struggles. And... Mm,
1: absolutely.
0: And what about other kinds of service in Alanon? Do you do other apart from turning up at meetings, which is a service to a new person, and also you know giving them support are there any other things that you can do um well you can always
1: um volunteer you like you know at some of the meetings you know you've got someone who looks after the books or set up the chairs or the brochures um do a meeting you yep. know chair the meeting, chair the meeting. Yep. um do the tea and coffee and the biscuits and the and, dishes and the dishes <laughs> i mean i've done that a few times Yeah. so yeah yeah Yeah. yeah.
0: and then you feel that you're part of something bigger than yourself don't yeah. you
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: what would you does it help has being in alcoholon helped you understand the family disease of alcoholism
1: absolutely can you
0: can you say if you had to Explain what that is. Could you explain it? What is that family... Why is it a disease?
1: Well, when I um, lived with my housemate, he was from AA, and I thought the Al-Anon and the AA disease was different. But It's actually not. It's the same. You've got AA, Al-Anon, we've all got the same disease. We've all got that stinking thinking. You know, and um, that's why, you know, you got AA and Alanon are so supportive of each other. And um, when it all comes together, it's like when I went to um, a retreat many years ago with Alanon, and my sponsor goes, Oh, some AA people are going, I went, What? AA? And she goes, Teresa, it's all the same disease. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, Is it? And then I've realised, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's where, you know, we all Mm. come together. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's uh, the only difference really is that the alcoholic is using alcohol Mm. Mm. um, and Al-Anons aren't using alcohol, but they've still got the same underlying feelings and thoughts and difficulties. Mm Yeah, 100%. Mm. If there's someone listening today who's finding it difficult to cope with another person's drinking, what would be your message to them? Um,
1: well, I'll give them the message that, you know, what I did, and it's helped me go to um, six meetings, see how you go with the first six meetings, and um, if you like it, stay, and if you don't, you don't have to. There's no musts in Mm Al-Anon. Yeah.
0: And uh, why do you think it's good to go to the six meetings and not just decide halfway through your first meeting?
1: Well, well, I went to my first meeting, and I didn't want to go back. And my my housemate said, "You go to at least six, see how you go." And then I did go to those six meetings, and I've never looked back. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah,
0: and it's because it's there's, there's going to be different each time, too, yeah. isn't it? You hear different speakers. And yeah,
1: well, you what you go to different meetings. Yes, not the same, and that's what I did. Yeah, yeah, and all the stories are different. Yeah. Yep, yep.
0: All right, um, that's all we've got time for today. So I'd like to thank Teresa for sharing her experience with us. You're Thanks, welcome. Teresa. You're welcome. Thanks for coming in. That's okay. Um, if you're concerned about the drinking of a relative or friend and would like to find out more about al family groups, then you can phone them on 1300 252 666 or go online at au. Coming up next, we have Ballon The Spirit of Wah, hosted by Uncle Tal Jim Choco Edwards. Join Uncle Choco on a journey of belonging and movement through sing-alongs and yarns. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR. And to take us out, we've got a song called Down Home Gal by Fiona Boys. <laughs> out
3: of time. When I'm done
2: All right, your name on my forehead, the stairs would remind me as I walked And I knew I had nowhere to go, so I went back to my mama's place Said, what do you do when the ship goes down? The king lost his crown, so he ran away
3: She told me, take the scissors out my head You don't cut hair like the other man. She told me what she won't say it again
2: Destroyed. He blocked his ears to cover all the noise Told me he's a man, but he ran like a boy he Used to look at me like I should hold my breath every time i talk But couldn't wait to hold my hand like I'm some trophy he could show off And it was dangerous living on the edge, but there we were babe. Till the house burned down when no one was around, so I caught the blame.
3: She told me, "Take the scissors out my head. You don't cut hair like that over a man." She told me once, she won't say it again. I'm stronger than he's ever been. The castle we lived in was destroyed. He blocked his ears to cover all the noise.